0: You listen to nothing but nonsense.
1: So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field, and Garrison hurt takes advantage of it. He takes the handoff, quick to the right, gets to the 20, He's at the 30. Needs to cut
0: in. He comes back up the right sideline. Breaks the third tackle. Comes down to the 30. He's down to the 20. He's down to the 10. He's down of the 5. He's out to the 2. Right Touchdown! <laughs>
1: Sagno No gets away.
2: takes the snap. Alex looking down oh, in the post, But it's good! It.
0: Touchdown!
2: Touchdown Forty. <laughs> second down, Ryan takes the snap, goes to play on the left side, it's Michael the fourth.
0: faithfuls the nothing but Niners crew is back and we're here to bring you guys a quick hitter man you know it's that time of year where you know everything is going to slow down the team is off for the next 40 days or so and uh everyone's wondering if Kyle just shut things down due to injuries well we got some answers to all of that but before we get to all that stuff let me start by talking to my man Brian B what's going on with you man how you doing today
2: <laughs> I'm good yourself I'm, I'm
0: well man I'm well I'm not on call so awesome. you know what that means right that means you yep. big, big glass of you know <laughs> the good stuff here. You know, you set up outside so you can smoke in peace. Now I'm not having a cigar. It's gonna be another hookah night. Oh, and let me make sure that my microphone is set up the right way so when I go to mute, I'm actually muting. Ready? Here we go. We're gonna do the Ace Ventura, uh, the the door test. Works.
2: All right, let's go. <laughs>
0: tell me you remember that movie come on yep that was that was one of my probably not as
2: good as i should but yeah
0: all right so you know um let me run through these formalities just quickly guys if this is your first time here on the youtube page we thank you guys for checking us out make sure you guys hit that like and subscribe button uh subscribe turn on those notifications and tell somebody about your favorite 49er show and then tell them about nothing but niner show also Okay, so we appreciate that, guys. Thank you very much. We have a couple social media platforms. Uh, we want you guys to give us a follow on. Twitter and Snapchat is nothing but nine, E-R-S. That is nothing but nine-ers. So please give us a follow over there on those platforms. And then we have Facebook, Instagram, as well as Twitch, where you can watch all of our different shows. So make sure you guys go check us out over there. Subscribe, like, rate, review, all that good stuff. Uh, I'm your guy, 49ers, Mike underscore NFL. And over here to my right is my man, Brian. He is stater underscore niner. That is T A R underscore nine r on twitter make sure you guys go and give him a follow also he's kind of like the little bull peep of the twitter thing like but he's out there he exists
2: i don't put much out there unless it's you know something that 300 people haven't already put out there (laughs) i don't i don't like redundancies i I get tired of seeing the same messages over and over and over so
0: you must hate twitter then
2: I, i yeah i'm not a big fan because it's the same thing over and over. But, you know, it is what it is. It's its got its place and it gets the information out there. You know, and, it, you know, unfortunately, I just follow a lot of the same uh, group of beat writers and whatnot as a lot of other people that, you know, are also watching the show or part of the show or whatever. And so it's just a lot of redundant information. and uh, Absolutely. You know, so there's no reason for me to go back and put something else out there that's already been put out there nine times before.
0: No, <laughs> oh, I get it, man. You know, and I respect that. And it's kind of, um, you know, it's kind of rough. Like I used to tweet a whole lot and I cut back, but I still like the camaraderie. I, I'm, I'm on Twitter more for the people and not like my thoughts and takes because this that's what this is for. That's what this platform is for. To sure. get my thoughts and takes off. Hold on one second. Uh, what happened?
2: All right, so we'll be breaking down the defensive line here shortly. That'll be good, and then we're going to talk about some pressers and
0: keep I the ball going. A, I had a baby break a chair. Oh, uh, so not a not a couch or anything like the little folding chair. So uh, my wife was bringing to the door, shaking her head. So I just wanted to make sure everything was okay. Um, Folding
2: chairs, I? you got to watch those little fingers in there.
0: <laughs> yes. those, And then the ones that we have are, like, weird. Like, they fold different. Like, I don't know if you remember, like, back in the day when you would fold a chair, like, the legs. Thank you. These aren't. All right. Not these. The, no, my my other ones. I'm sorry. My wife hates me. Um, Back in the day, like, when you would unfold the chair, like, you could put the back legs down, and you bring the chair out, and the front legs swing out. Right. This is backwards like the back legs are the ones that move on here oh. and it, it messes with my head so much like I, <laughs> like, and you would think like we've we've owned these chairs for years i'm not used to it still i'm not used to the front legs being stationary and the back legs the ones that move like yeah
2: we have I, we have those anti-gravity chairs so that you know when you set them out and then you fold them you know the, the legs come out wonder it you know it's yeah so you kind of have to they Not only do you have to unfold them, but they have to kind of settle into a specific position before the legs and the back can tilt, you know, up and down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. So, um, like Brian was saying earlier, guys, we are going to shout out to everybody in the chat. Shout out to everybody watching live right now. This is an unscheduled show, so the fact that there's people even here is uh, unbelievable. We normally do Tuesdays and Thursdays. I apologize for yesterday. Uh, Just our schedules were all crazy. I think Brian was literally the only person available. So yeah, nobody wants
2: to listen to me talk to myself for an hour. That no nobody wants to hear that. Bro, <laughs> no
0: one wants to listen to any of us talk to ourselves. They they don't even listen. You're gonna think I'm crazy. Half of the people don't like you. Half the people don't like me. So I you know we if we if we do this together we can hold an whole audience t- together. You know what I'm saying? So sure. it's all good. Um, but shout out to everybody in the chat. Shout out to you guys. Uh, you guys are truly, truly faithful, uh, not just to the 49ers, but to support our supporters. I really, really appreciate you guys. Um, we wanted to bring you guys another show because we owed it to you guys. I know that you know we don't have like some ironclad contract or anything like that, but we really try to bring you guys at least two shows a week. Uh, we'll try to get you some on weekends, but weekends are just crazy and scarce right now. So I don't know if there will be another one coming. Uh, Maybe on other platforms. We were doing some on Instagram on Sundays. Uh, So, you know, that's something that you guys should uh, take a look at. That's why, you know, some exclusive content, give you guys some reasons to follow us on other platforms, some shows on other platforms that you're not going to get here on YouTube. Okay, so um, we're back. Uh, As Brian said, we're going to discuss the defensive line. But first, just like every show, we have to discuss the latest news. Brian, what's the new news with the 49ers? Has anything happened since we last talked?
2: Uh, since we last talked, yeah, there's been a few things, but you know, uh-huh. um, the latest obviously was the, the signing of our new offensive lineman and yes. the departure for the meantime of Mr. School, who will probably be back more than likely, unless the Seahawks decide to do something like they did to us last year um, with Reed. But I don't see that as being an instance that happens this time. So, uh, School should be back and on an IR um, next week. After he yeah. waivers.
0: Um, The 49ers have injured waved, injured waved um, offensive lineman just in school. And what's pretty cool about this. So I learned this. I want to say I was listening to an Eric Crocker podcast. Do you know what the injury thing does for as far as how the players, players get paid
2: as they get paid? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, well, if they come back to us, they're all, we're on the hook for their entire salary.
0: Right. But so so we just we just injure wave Justin school, right? Right. Uh do, but do you know like how that financially impacts him?
2: Him no. I know yeah. how it financially impacts impacts the team. Unless he's got some sort of game game time roster bonuses or something like that.
0: Right. So if I, and I hope I'm saying this the right way. I, and again, I know this was Eric Crocker, but he does so many damn shows. I don't know if, what show he was on. Uh, when It could have been on his Croc Talk TV or it could have been on the new, um, I'm saying new, but he does the Locked On 49ers now. Uh, but he was saying that when a player is injured, waived, and this had nothing to do with school, he just happened to mention this for some reason. Um, whatever your injury recovery time is, the team pays you your salary of what it would have been up to that point. And if you get injured in the off season, it's your off season salary. And if your recovery time goes into the season. So let's say this was a let's say this was a, a six month break or right. whatever, he, whatever happened to him. Right. Obviously, in, in, in September, you get paid uh, game day checks. Yep. So his time from uh, September through uh, October. I mean, I'm sorry, September through November would be game day checks. So that's how, how much he would get paid. I thought that was pretty cool. Like you you get paid based off of where your injury occurred and how long the projected recovery is. And then once you're healthy, you're not our problem anymore.
2: Right. But the team's still on the hook. If he, com- if he goes through waivers and makes it back to the team, the team's on the hook for the entire $894,000 he's owed.
1: Wait, so, I so I don't know how it
2: breaks down, whether it's off season or in season for the player. I don't know. But I know the team is on the hook for his entire salary unless they release him at some oh, point. Oh, if, if they
0: bring him back. If they bring him right. back.
2: Well, if he clears waivers, he automatically reverts to 49ers. And the 49ers will be on the hook for 8 ninety four, unless right. there is an injury settlement that happens after that.
0: Right. Oh, okay, okay. So maybe Kroc – no, he wasn't. He definitely wasn't talking about the injury settlement. He was definitely talking about – yeah.
2: I, but how, how it affects the player – how they get paid. I don't know. So he may be talking yeah. to that because he's got more insight into that than I do. Yeah, um, yeah, but as far definitely. as how the team, the money affects the team. Um, if he reverts back to the 49ers, cause no one picks him up off of waivers, then we were still going to be on the hook for his entire, his entire uh, salary uh, because he's injured and he can't be released unless we do an injury settlement, which sometimes they do.
0: Right. You're absolutely right. Now, the offensive line that we signed. Do you know what his name is?
2: Uh, Kemet or Kemeti or yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. I've been page. in the league like nine years and everybody's like, who is this guy?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Sinio uh, Kelametti. I'm guessing and hoping that I'm saying that right because I do not mean any disrespect by that. Um, so let me let me create the banner here. Um, I'm going to have to Google this guy. Because I don't know much about him. And I would like to, that we, so when this happened, we wanted to do a breaking news video guys. And everyone's in the chat, like, Hey, let's do a breaking news video. Let's do a breaking news video. And everyone's like, who knows something about them? <laughs> 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 and then when we realized that nobody knew anything, normally like it, when the Niners signed somebody, normally one of us will know something about the person. And right. we say, okay, like you can mention this. We can talk about this. We can do this. We can do that, bro. This one like really had the team right, it was like
2: cr- crickets, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: and so as soon as we realized that we didn't know who Cineo Kellamete, Kelamet.
2: yeah, I'm not sure. Kelamete? I've never heard an announcer say that name, so I don't know.
0: Which could be a good thing because they say when um uh, when offensive linemen are being mentioned, it's usually a problem. A
2: bad, that's a bad thing, right?
0: Right. So. All right, let's let's look up his Wikipedia here and let's talk about this guy. Oh, he looks like he's like Samoan. Okay. All right. So this guy uh, was drafted in 2012 in the fifth round. Um, He was drafted by the Arizona Cardinals. He did not make it through that. Okay. Wow. All right. So Arizona Cardinals selected him in the fifth round, uh, 151st overall. Uh, They had also selected three offensive linemen that season. So they needed some help. In his first game against the 49ers, uh, he became the first offensive lineman in NFL history to make a reception in his debut where he caught a a deflected pass of Brian Hoyers. Uh, It was intended for Andre Roberts, and he ran it back for 10 yards. Okay. That happened in his first game, and there's nothing else about him there. And then he says he was signed to the Saints practice squad September 2nd, 2013. So it sounds like he was released at the end of that season or maybe during the season. Um, and then um, he was signed to the Saints. He was released uh, a couple weeks later. And then uh, he re-signed with the Saints to a two-year deal. All right. And then in March of 2018, so we're going forward a couple of years, he signed a three-year contract with the Texans. And he was named the starting left guard. He started 14 games, missing two due to injury. Okay. Uh, And then he was placed on IR in the following September. Uh, And then it says on July 27, 2020, he signed a one-year contract with the Texans. He was later released by the Texans February 23rd in 2021. So he did last the whole season. He did last the whole season. And then he signed a one-year deal with the 49ers on today, June 11th. Right. All right. So little history for us there on Cineo Kelamete. Kelamete, Kelamete. Somebody typed this shit phonetically. So I stopped sounding like a, a Neanderthal. <laughs> Brian, you give it a try.
2: No, I told you I did. I think it's Kalamete, <laughs> but I don't know if it's got a, if that's right at the end or not.
0: Um, so it said left guard uh, while I was reading this. It, it specified left guard. Um, what do you think? Where do you think he's going to he's going to play here? I think because, he's
2: going to be a camp body is what I think.
0: Well, he's he's a big dude, man. He, well, think, I'm saying big. I think
2: big when dude. you look at our O-line with what we currently have and just projecting moving forward, I mean, I know we're not talking about breaking down the O-line today, but um when I look at what the roster shows, mm-hmm. I don't see a space for him to make the 53. I think I did, see him as a camp body.
0: Did you have school making the 53? I did not. Oh yeah, that was your that was your twist last show. You're absolutely right. right. You didn't. Um, all right. I mean he he's he's played in 75 games. He started 37.
2: Well, there's also a part of me that's thinking that we're only keeping eight guys on the on the line this year,
0: as opposed to
2: nine. I think we had at some point last year. Um, I just looking at what the teams going has done in the past, and looking at how many obviously three quarterbacks. Four, wide, or four running backs, a fullback, you know, six wide receivers, four tight ends, it doesn't leave you a lot of space on the offensive line. If you're trying to keep things fairly balanced at 26, 24, 25, 25, between the offense and defense, depending on how they do it, uh, you're looking at eight spots, really. I mean, that's where you're going to have to rob Peter to pay Paul if you want to add a fourth tight end, which we have carried every year that's, since Shannon has been here.
0: That's, what, that's another one of those expressions that I love, robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, like is that is that a biblical thing? Also, is that a biblical reference? Like, I would assume it, so.
2: Yeah,
0: robbing Peter to pay Paul. One of them was a thief, right? Never mind. I don't, let me not get into religion here. <laughs> yeah. get, all I will say is, <laughs> Jesus's crew was a bunch of like bullies.
2: Yeah. Shady, <laughs> shady dudes, man. Yes.
0: Yeah, they were. Yeah, they they Judas.
2: Were. They got all kinds of stuff going
0: on there. <laughs> oh man, that's just what they did afterwards. But like, what their lives were before?
2: Yeah, there were
0: some. Bad dude. Well, I man. mean,
2: the people. Uh, I'm not saying people can't change, but there's there's certain aspects of people's lives that don't change. If you're a certain way by a certain age, you're going to be that way probably till the day you die. You know, unless something significant happens in your life to make you change your thought process. <laughs> All
0: right. So listen, man. I got some notes here. Um, we also we also heard from. Oh, wait. Were there any other moves or any notes that you wanted to discuss? before we move on to the other, other stuff. No, because
2: we haven't really done anything else official yet, so I don't want to talk about anything as far as okay. roster movements.
0: Right. Very good, very good. So we also heard from Kyle Shanahan and our offensive coordinator. Yes. Um, I thought it was interesting that the offensive coordinator's uh presser was longer than Kyle's by a significant amount, too. Like a very significant amount. It was kind of it was kind of wild to me. Anyhow, uh, I have some notes here that I want to go over. Um, but let's get some general thoughts on Kyle's pressure. Let's let let me get this off the screen here. Um, what what do you think of it all? Did you have any major takeaways or anything from it?
2: No, I mean, uh, unlike last year, I felt like and even before the draft, you know, he was more forthcoming i think with information i because I, I don't feel like he had anything to hide at this point whereas you know when they pre-draft you know uh, con- press conferences obviously they don't want to give anything away thinking about you know what the plan was uh but now that all that's unfolded you know i mean obviously he talked about certain things he didn't want other teams to know about how they schedule you know workloads and practices and stuff like that but i think he was pretty honest and came straight you know straightforward um with his information um,
0: do you need to get that? No, get no, okay. I see you on YouTube. Oh my god, that's you. That's you. It's you. It's you. <laughs> you you're ignoring my call right now.
2: Yeah, I am, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I didn't take a whole lot. I mean, I was good to get information from him, and it was, I was glad to hear some of the things he had to say, just being open about stuff, talking about players. Um, but like usually, I mean, you and I talk about it, we like to, you know, look at. You know, uh, uh, nonverbal communication cues and things like that. And to me, there just wasn't a whole lot of it there. It was I and mean, he just answered questions straightforward. Um, there wasn't a lot of running around in circles trying to hide information, it didn't seem like to me. Um, it was pretty straightforward to the questions that were asked. And I was actually for the first time impressed with the way that uh, Grant asked a question, the first time I've ever heard him ask a professional question in an interview with Kyle Shanahan um to from what i would perceive to be a professional question um and so but i think that kyle answered everything he could you know i I wasn't necessarily surprised that the other press conference lasted longer um but i was kind of taken back of how it flowed i guess yeah it kind of like if you kind of felt like you were kind of like stumbling through that presser Mm -hmm. well i mean I think he's been told that you know there's only so much you can say, and so he was trying to find a way to get the information out without saying too much and getting right. himself in trouble.
0: <laughs> right. You could you could hear him like feeling out how to operate through the what 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 is his name?
2: McDaniel, um, yeah, McDaniels.
0: Yes, yes. I didn't know that he and Kyle had been on the same team for as long for as forever. Yeah. Sixteen years together, those two have. Mm-hmm. Sixteen years. Yeah, Tony talked about that before yeah no, but like i yes, that is true since right? like Houston <laughs> but yeah but when you when you when you hear sixteen years, it's like nah but that's a that's a that's a all right, that's a long time that's all I'm gonna, that's a really long time to work with any one person,
2: sure, That's
0: a really long time um so I have some takeaways from the presser, um, but I have everything broken down in the segments that we can uh we can start with um you know, let's let's go ahead and get the, the quarterback conversation out of the way. Um, so I'm going to play Kyle Shanahan on. I'm not I'm not going to play uh, Mike Medan, anything from Mike McDaniel. OK. Um, there is something in there that I wanted to talk about, but I won't I won't even do that tonight because I want the show to kind of flow. Sure. Um, did we one more thing really quick?
2: Did we ever discuss Tony Jefferson? I think so, but not in depth. Because we, it, it could have been, it could have, it might not have been on the show though. That's the problem.
0: We officially signed Tony Jefferson, also the safety. Yep. I, I know we discussed. how we
2: talked about it because we went back and talked about the safety group after that because it was after we had already done the safety group breakdown.
0: Right, and we also said that it was not a reactionary move to the right. injury. Yes,
2: because it was before. Oh. It was done in the morning in an accident.
0: Yes. Right but I don't remember if we ever actually like discussed it here, but yeah, he's here guys. He's here.
2: No, we had that conversation on air. I remember having that conversation talking about that.
0: All right. So let me pull up Kyle's presser. Uh, I got my. So they tried to jam me up there. You know how they sneak those, little commercials in there right (laughs) I just tried to mess with that stream over here sorry about the silence there guys so um Kyle Shanahan the first quarterback that he he discussed was um Trey Lance we're going to listen to what he had to say when he he, the question was basically um what do you think of Trey Lance so far how is he you know coming along okay so I'm going to turn up the volume here you guys are going to probably hear a little bit more background noise but that's so you can hear the phone better All right. So I apologize in advance. If it's too loud, Brian, just do one of these like turn it down. I'll turn it down. Sure.
1: I mean, just being able to throw everything at them, You know, we got through the whole installation um, and be able to do that. You know, there's a process of it. Some some days you do good. Some days you do bad. But there's a whole up and down with it um, that is necessary for a guy to go through. So you can get those reps, soak it in, have an idea of what it feels like. Now we have tape to show them, tape to talk to them about. He gets to get away on his own and have an idea of what's expected out of him when he gets back. And um, just going through the process, kind of with most people though OTAs, I don't really ever say whether it was good or bad because just going through it to me is good, even even if he didn't do that well, which I thought he did. But it's just the experience of how it affects you in camp. Um, it leads to what you got to work on when you're away and really helps you get your mind right and your body right for what's ahead of us.
0: All right. So the reason I wanted to play that, one, it's not just because it was about Trey Lance. Kyle does this, like, I'm so honest, but I can't be too honest and try to reel it back in thing.
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: How do you think, based off of what we just heard, Trey Lance did through camp?
2: I think he identified some things that Trey needs to work on over the next 40 days, and he better work on it or else he's got no chance of winning that job.
0: (laughs) Yeah, from the way he sounded here, it sounds to me like Jimmy is still head and shoulders above Trey Lance, right? Um,
2: Right, but I mean, that's... Go ahead.
0: No, 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 go ahead.
2: Go. I'm just going to say that's, you know, the point of OTAs is the point, find those things so that when training camp comes, that's the problem they ran into last year. And I think Kyle even talks about it in his press conferences, you know, training camp was, you know, limited last year, but you you got guys, if they come in without an OTA, then they have no idea what they need to fix or work on. And then by the time you come in for training camp, it's too, too little, too late, so to speak. You know, so this gives Trey the opportunity to figure out what he needs to brush up on and what he needs to work on. He's got the playbook installation going. And so now he just needs to start working on the things that make him stand out to be the quarterback that everyone hopes he is that we drafted.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, If I'm too loud now, let me know my air conditioner turned on and I didn't want. So I lowered the volume, but I brought the microphone closer to me. I can't stand when I can see the microphone and the screenshot. And I know people do it on purpose, like they, they like to do that. I'm not one of those guys. I prefer my microphone to be unseen. And so this is bothering the hell out of me right now. Just so <laughs> you know, like this is driving me crazy. Um, but yeah, it it you know, Kyle, he, he said a couple of pressures ago, I would be surprised if uh, like we expect Jimmy to, to win the spot, right? But it is a competition. And in all honesty, if we if we step back and we take emotions out of this the pick and what we gave up in anything any rookie should not come in and take the job from somebody who has been in this system as long as jimmy has injuries aside when you look at it remember we were talking about um overrated players right and we said when d4 actually on the field what does he do right well when jimmy's on the field what does he do he wins right he wins games right um, now, I, I will say the team wins games. I think that the team has won despite Jimmy in certain s- situations. And People are going to always refer to the playoffs. Um, right. You know what I mean? They're going to always refer to that. But there's been games where Jimmy kept us in games and he's won games for us. I have a couple Cardinals games that come to mind. Um, that Steelers game that everybody kept fumbling and, and mm-hmm. batting passes to the other team and shit. Like Jimmy really held his own in that game. Um, and so Jimmy wins games, right? And so you don't expect a rookie to come in here and just unseat a guy who has been to the Super Bowl on this team. Right. So I kind of like that. Um, I want to get to this this comment here and not because it's related to anything we're saying. Right. But this guy. <laughs> said, what's funny about this, is, Brian, you've seen the pictures. I, I every time I get a new gun. Yep. I share to you guys. I just think it's funny that the guy wearing the camouflage shirt that posts the pictures of the guns, and you're sitting there with the regular 49ers background, the regular 49ers jer- uh, sweater hoodie on, and that's what they say about you.
2: Yeah, it's all good. Now, I spent, <laughs> and I'll be forthright and honest, man. My, the only weapons I have are for home protection. I do not own an AR. I spent enough time in the military. I don't need to shoot any more freaking weapons. I don't reload my own ammo. I go to the store and I buy it.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. nothing against people that want to do that in stockpile gun. You go ahead and do that stuff. That's on you. That's it's I will. Your, It's your right to do it in this country, <laughs> and I fought for that for twenty years for you guys to be able to do that. Yep,
0: I will, and I enjoy every second. Of
2: it. <laughs> yeah, you do. It. I don't. I, I don't no make my own, own rounds, though.
0: I don't make my own rounds. That's something I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not skilled enough to do. I've no, never tried. I,
2: I've done played with enough weapons over my lifetime that I keep them in case of an emergency only, and that is it for me nowadays. Hmm
0: absolutely but i do it's a big stress relief for me i like to go to the gun range and just let go a couple times i don't
2: even hunt anymore i'm like i'm just gonna go to the store and buy what i need to buy
0: yep so kyle was also asked about jimmy garoppolo and we are gonna fast forward to that part let me get that pulled up here hold on um and i want to compare and contrast this this is not in chronological order guys so i have my my talking points marked to the minute or well the second and um, I, w- I just want to compare and contrast uh, Kyle's tone. Well, you know me. I overanalyze everything.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm with you.
0: Okay. So, here we go. Now, this is Kyle on Jimmy. Okay.
1: The spring since we've had him. And, you know, as we had the spring the first year with him. The second year he had the AC. Oh, shit. Hold what on. How spring do you think Jimmy had? I think Jimmy had his, his best spring since we've had him. And... You know, is we had the spring, the first year with him, the second year he had the ACL, so we didn't get that. And then last year it was COVID, so this is really a second one. Um, not is it loud enough?
0: Yeah. Okay. All right.
1: Being on an ACL, and um, I thought Jimmy came in in great shape, really locked in, a good place physically and mentally. And I thought he had as good of OTAs as he's had.
0: Okay. So I know I interrupted it. What'd you take from that?
2: Well, one, he's no, his tone is not as excitable as you would hope for it for someone who's glad to see their starting quarterback in their OTAs for only the second time. You know, he did seem like he was trying to—I don't want to call it excuses—but you know, by by making the statement that you know COVID was one reason and ACL was another reason why he wasn't available. Like, I understand that they. He wasn't available, but it feel it almost felt like he was making excuses for why Jimmy hasn't progressed maybe the way people think that he should have by now um, within the system. Um, but his tone, like you were talking about earlier, I don't know if that's something you took away, but he just didn't sound excited about it to me at all.
0: All right, can you hear me still? Yep. You're still good, okay. Now, the tone definitely stood out to me. If I read the words on paper, I would be like oh shit like he came in better physically right mentally like he came in in better shape than he's been in and he had his nicest spring that he's ever had with us since he's been here now to put that into some context jimmy this is only his second spring being able to participate right so you either it's either your worst or your best there's no in between right so that wasn't like a big deal but if i were to read his comment i'm like oh snap! but what i didn't show was his posture here it was laid back like this literally like the arm up like this and just talking right. and just da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. very robotic in tone now kyle's he's naturally a robotic sounding person here but he didn't sound as excited like you said as i thought he would uh but the words were all the right words do you think sure. that this was one of the questions that he was prepared for and had like a little script in his mind of what he was going to say
2: I think so. I think he's prepared for talking about Jimmy and Trey every press conference. I think he has a mental setup of what he, po- talking points that he wants to discuss and things that he's going to redirect the question towards and, and those kind of things. I think that's all pre-thought out, especially with those two, because he doesn't want to give away too much about where things might be or where they may be progressing towards. I mean, we all know. I mean, I think that everybody watching this and you and I both can would agree that regardless of when Jimmy leaves, Jimmy's leaving. Right. Right. Yes, so sir. I think it's not going to be till the end of the season. Some other people will say mid season. Some other people, as soon as Trey's ready to take over, Jimmy's gone, you know, but then you have to look at the league. Look, look at the league. If you honestly take a look, and I think I talked about it in the chat today. If you honestly take a solid look around the league, there's not a whole places that are going to be willing to afford Jimmy's contract willing to take Jimmy's contract or for Jimmy with his no trade clause to say, I'll go somewhere. <laughs> so, you know,
0: no, I you're don't, I don't right.
2: think he's gone until the end of the year just and because of those things.
0: A, lo- a lot of the times people confuse um, questions that we're asked that we answer with our opinions on the matter. Okay. And so the reason I'm saying that is because uh, that hypothetical of Jimmy's six and one and the trade deadline is coming up and you can get a first and right away. I'm like, Jimmy's gone. If they said Trey Lance is ready, Jimmy's gone. Right. And so people now are, are messaging me saying you guys are too high on Trey Lance. That's that, that I did not say that I think Trey Lance is going to beat out Jimmy. I didn't say any of that. I didn't say that we should trade Jimmy right away. I was answering, we were answering a question and I defended us there. Um, and so I know that person's going to go back and watch this. Um, so I want to make clear what you and I think of Jimmy Garoppolo and how this season is going to play out with the quarterback position. So okay. I'm going to give you the floor or, or if you want, I'll go first.
2: It doesn't, it doesn't matter go. to me. I think I've been pretty open about it. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm not a huge, I am a, a huge fan of this team winning. I don't care who the quarterback or who's on the field. I am a huge proponent of this team winning. And I think the quarterback that gives this, ch- this team, the best chance of winning this season is Jimmy Garoppolo as long as he can stay healthy. Understand that part, right? So Mm -hmm. if he's unhealthy, obviously some other things have to happen, right? But Mm -hmm. so that's why my, in my thought process, when I answered that question, I said, no, I wouldn't trade Jimmy. Not even if Trey's ready to take over because to me, when John Lynch identified the backup quarterback as a problem area on this team, backup, I say quarterback on this team, right? That, that was were the words he used that that's what they wanted to address. Well, I don't think that the backup quarterback has been addressed. You have two potential starting quarterbacks. One will become the backup. I'm not trading either one of those away mid season, regardless of what the compensation is, because I still will, I will still be in a position where I don't have, what I feel is a, a good backup quarterback if either of those two leave. So that's why I answered the question the way I did. And and I think that at the end of the season, um, you know, and because just because things can happen, you know, just because Trey's ready to go, he couldn't go out there and have a high ankle sprain just like Jimmy has before. There's nothing to say that can't happen. So you want to have a viable backup quarterback. And I personally do not feel that Rosen and Sudfield, or either one of them are ready to be that guy that we can go in and win the rest of the season with. Like I'm not trying to throw away the season for a first, I'm not saying a a first and a fourth, I think was the the compensation package that was offered in that scenario or something like that. A first and extra.
0: It was a first or a second plus. So you get, you either get the first round pick period or you get second and more. So I would
2: love to have a first round for Jimmy. Don't get me wrong. I just think going forward, I want to have a viable one and two QB and Jimmy and Trey are the viable one and two QB. I don't see anybody on the free agent market that's going to become available, you know, that, that that's out there right now that's not signed, you know, even if those people who love cap, he hasn't really played football in many years, so... You know, as much as we would like to would have liked to see him get a second chance at NFL at his NFL career, I just it's not I don't think it's in the cards for him, unfortunately. And I don't think that this team would bring him back either, anyway, just given the situation.
0: Yeah, well, it, it, it's not even given the well, it's given the skill set. Um Cap uh struggled with touch and things like that later on. You know what I mean? So it was um I think I think they wanted athleticism. I think they realized they needed athleticism. So that's why they go after a guy like Trey Lance. And they want mm-hmm. a guy who can run a pro style system. Sure. Um, and so that, I think that's why they went out and got Jimmy. I mean, uh, Trey, Trey Lance. So my thoughts on the situation of this, as of this moment right now, the, quarter, the, the, the quarterbacks on this roster, the 49ers have the best quarterback room in the entire league. They have an upcoming rookie who they believe is the future. And they also have a quarterback that they know can get them to a Super Bowl. No other team in the entire NFL can say that. Whether I don't care which one's the starter, which one's the backup. That is the best one-two punch at quarterback in the entire NFL. I right. dare anybody to find a room better than Jimmy Garoppolo, who can win 13 games to get you to the Super Bowl, or the upcoming rookie who they think can, can take the offense to the next level. That's why they got him is to take it to the next level. But he has to do it when he's ready. Right. An ideal situation for me is Whichever one wins the starting position, we roll with him. And if something happens, that other guy is here to carry the reins and keep on moving. Okay. I personally would not trade Jimmy this year. His money's on the books. It's all well, his money's accounted for. It. Let me not say it's on the books because he obviously has like a basically a week-to-week uh thing, he has no guarantees or some shit like that, right?
2: right. He's got 2.8 million dollars that are guaranteed that paid this year. Other than that, it's week by and- week
0: and of that 2.8 he's already earned 0.6 because he had a $600,000 uh, right. workout yeah. bonus or whatever and he earned that already. So, I mean, it's it's already less now. You know what I you get what right. I'm saying? So, yeah. the money it's not it's not it's not a financial thing for me. Um, I think that if I'm if I'm the Niners, you go in with Jimmy because I just don't think that Lance will be ready week 1, but I could be wrong. Uh, I think you go in with Jimmy. And I think whenever they decide Lance is ready, if the team is struggling, if if the quarterback play is holding us back a little bit, then they make the switch. If the team is fine, you know what I'm saying? Then you just you you ride this out with Jimmy this year. I really, really think that's what the team should do. Um, like you said, I don't know about Rosen. I haven't seen him touch the field as a 49er. I can't even say I've seen him in preseason. I haven't seen Sudfeld or anybody else for that matter. I haven't even seen Trey Lance yet. The only quarterback we've seen play on this roster in this system is Jimmy Garoppolo, and we would be foolish to get rid of him before we see anybody else come in here. So I wanted to make that clear because a lot of people think that we're just, oh, you got to get rid of Jimmy. You got to get... None of us, I don't think a single person on Nothing But Niners believes that you should just get rid of Jimmy right now. Now, I know that some people want the money, but I want the wins. Right. So... That's that's where we stand here. Um, we're gonna keep it moving here. The next person, um, since we talked about Jimmy and how he's healthy and da 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 da, da um, I'm gonna stick with that theme, and we're gonna talk about another player that was injured and how they're recovering and how they look looked so far this spring. And that's gonna be D Ford. This is what Kyle had to say about him.
1: Um, had about three and a half months here and a week before everyone came back, he went back to Kansas city with his back specialist. Um, he was going to come out here next week, but sorry, February, doing everything. Um, yes. The chargers in Greenbrier, um, deep Ford. He's that's what, that's the guy I was talking about. He's been here since the beginning of February doing everything, um, had about, three and a half months here, and a week before everyone came back, he went back to Kansas City with his back specialist. Um, he was going to come out here next week, but um, if he comes, there's not going to be too many people here left again. Um, but he made a lot of progress in the month in the months that he was rehabbing here. Um, we knew we weren't going to put him throughout OTAs because we don't want his back to act up, so I'm just keeping my fingers crossed and um, hoping he can come ready to go in training camp, and hopefully he can help us out this year. Was that all throughout it? Yeah. And it cover rates.
0: All right. So this was very telling to me. So Mm -hmm. he's been there since February at the facility doing stuff. And then when the team comes together, he goes back to his back specialist. So what I want to ask you is do you think that something acted up in his back that made him go back? Or they liked what they saw and said, all right, keep going back for whatever rehab you were doing before with your specialist?
2: You know, I think that it's things are progressing like they're supposed to. Um, and he would I think this was a routine follow- up with his back specialist to go back and make sure that things are healing the way they're supposed to. Um, uh, from a medical standpoint, you know, I have some training in that, and <laughs> anyway, uh, when you say something could doesn't want something to flare up, flare up's not a fracture, so you know, I'm more worried about nerve impingement or muscle tears now. And so if, if that's the kind of things that we're concerned about, then, you know, yeah, the less, you know, he shouldn't be involved in OTAs, you know, he should be probably, I mean, think about what his scope is as far as his, his, you know, um, set, right. When he's on the field, you know, he's a third down defensive end for a reason, you know? And so I think that, Um, we will probably limit his reps even through uh, training camp in order to make sure that he's as available as possible. Um, And I think, and I said this during the pre draft shows that we did because we got a little bit of insight too then about D Ford. And I said, I think he might be more ready than people are assuming he is. And so I think this is, let's keep him off the radar for other teams. So they don't know what's going on and we'll give the media as limited information as we're allowed to uh, give them and, you know, I th- I don't I don't know that he's going to be a hundred percent. I can't say that because I obviously I don't know, but uh, I would think that it sounds like he is further along than what people thought, and he's probably going to be able to play at a higher level, be able to play at all, which is more than people thought. Uh, a lot of people were talking about D Ford retiring, you know, being basically in the same situation as Richburg, and uh, it doesn't sound like that at all to me.
0: That's another. Um, so I felt the same way you did until I. Like, I really focused on what Kyle was saying here, and he said that he was planning to return for OTAs next week, but they decided we're not going to do the mandatory camp, right? Right. But then at the end of it, he says, but knowing his situation, we weren't going to put him out there during OTAs anyway. Right. So he was going to come back to be with the team, Mm -hmm. but the team isn't coming back. And he said he still may come back, but it won't be a lot of people here. Right. So that means that he's going to continue doing whatever he's been doing since February at the facility, but not taking part in physical practices. Sure. I think Ford was planning to return. Okay, I don't think this. I hope this. I I think, I hope Ford was planning to return to help groom Samson Ibukam Mm-hmm. In in that role, like to be like a more of a sideline teacher while he's doing his rehab, but watching what's going on. You know, hey, next time you do it, go out there, try this and try that. But no one's going to be there now, right? So now he can come back if he wants to, but he doesn't have to,
2: right? Because ibracom is going to be coming into a slightly different role than he had with the Rams. I think with a little bit more exp- expectations than he had with the Rams, uh, in as far as basically filling uh, Ford's role. I think that, that that was the plan Assigning him was to, to to utilize him in that same capacity. And so I think that you're right. I think that him coming back um, for the second part of the OTAs or whatever, after he was done in Kansas city with a specialist uh, was definitely to be a mentor and help, help him along, help him absorb the system and how he's going to work opposite Mosa, you know, and how that line works together as a group. Um, so that, you know, give him the insight so that he can perform at a similar level, maybe not the same, because obviously they're two different athletes, but at a similar level, at least with the techniques that are maybe uh, more useful in this system um, to make him a, a better uh, a defensive end uh, in, in the replacement time.
0: Yeah. Um, and so we're going to continue to stick with the scheme of injuries, since that's what we're kind of talking on. Jimmy Garoppolo led us there. We, we know what happened with Ford. Um, so. Um, Shanahan the pressure started with an injury you know injury questions and then it also went to um, he was, he, Kyle was asked this question multiple times you know people were even saying I hate to bring it back to injuries but right you getting rolled up on it looks like it can you see that oh you see it? okay you I see that see car <laughs>
2: oh
0: <laughs> All right, well now that I know I can see it in the screen, I don't have to turn around and stare. Um
2: maybe they're just checking their GPS. <laughs> All
0: right, okay. All right. Um uh I don't remember what I was saying. Um Kyle injuries, the, Kyle
2: interview yeah. Oh for yeah, you yeah, back yeah. up. You know, uh, right.
0: So we're going to continue with the injuries. Uh, Kyle kept getting asked questions about injuries over and over and over and over. Uh, but this is one that I thought was worth playing on here. Um, this was a question from Eric Branch. We know he's a long winded one that talks and talks and talks, and then the people that he's asking the question to forgets the question, right? Uh, But this is this was a question from Eric Branch. Now, what I want to also talk about before I do this, um, at the very beginning of the D Ford part, he said he's the guy I was talking about. Uh, Kyle said that 89 of their 90 players were there. They had a better turnout than what they expected for the voluntary portion of it. He said then one person that wasn't here had been here since February and so right. when he said that's what I was talking about or that who I was talking about it was Ford just to make it clear that he's the only player that wasn't there uh, for the for the out of the 90. Uh, he was the only one that wasn't there. Uh, they even asked him later on, oh, so did that mean Bosa was here?" and he said yes.
2: See, and the, only, the only part of that, that, and I don't know if it's a him misspeaking or just used to using specific numbers because that's what we normally have, but we are actually have 91 people on the roster because we have a roster exemption for our international player. So I'm hoping that he was just forgetting that fact, like everybody but Ford was there, but Ford had been there, um, instead of just uh, kind of misleading the media and there's somebody else missing that we don't know about. <laughs> You're I- booted.
0: No, no, right. no, I know. And I think that's why the uh, beat writer said, does that mean that Bosa was also for, here?
2: Right, for clarification.
0: I think the beat writers know the roster numbers also. So I thought that was interesting. Now, I also want to ask you this question. In that 91, is Richburg technically still one of those 91? Not anymore. He, oh, that's right. He officially retired. That's right, right. That's right. Okay. Good call. Good call. All right. So I think
2: that's what opened the spot to let them sign Jefferson, I think.
0: Okay. All right. That makes sense. Okay. So this is Kyle uh, responding to um, <clears throat> what my note says here on preventing injuries and changing the camp style.
2: Because Yeah, because they have still, before you push play, they still haven't made movements for um, Mosley, or excuse me, not Mosley, Moore or um, Wilson. Like those those movements aren't official. They haven't moved them anywhere. They're still on the roster, so they can't fill them with somebody else, or maybe they don't plan to, but um, they haven't made any official moves to put them on, you know, PUP or whatever they're going to do with them.
0: Right. All right. So here we go. We're going to see what he wa- he's saying here. This is about the injuries and maybe possibly making changes to the style of camps that they run because of the injuries.
1: It's good. I think about everything, every single day um seven days a week that's my job too that's why we change stuff up a lot and we always do we're always reevaluating things and doing things like um I'd say you know we change every year a little bit you know we always learn from stuff but um to sit and say we're going to do training camp differently because someone got hurt getting out of chair because someone got hurt on air and um a person hurt his knee playing football um, mm-hmm. this would be pretty irresponsible of me and extremely reactionary um just try to do what's right for our guys and provide them football and we try to do it the safest way as possible
0: so basically he was saying, I know what you all think, but no, because the injuries that happened, two of them had nothing to do with what we were doing. And one was a football injury. So I'm not stopping what I'm doing. All right. Um, and I, I like that. I liked him kind of shutting that idea down. Cause everyone was like, Oh, he canceled OTAs because that.' no. And we know for a fact that Kyle in the past, has done things like this. I don't know if you remember the last two days of OTA, they had this big barbecue. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was last year, the year before, because DJ Jones's dad had his own barbecue sauce and all that kind of right, stuff. Right. And they they went out and did the whole grill, had DJ Jones's family. They, they had everyone's family there. Um, and it was like a big family event. And that got a lot of pub. I don't know if people remember it or not, but that got a lot of pub. Uh, so he's not just blowing smoke. All right. He's, he's really telling you guys <laughs> what was happening. So I liked that from Kyle. I really, I really appreciated that one. Uh, what'd you take away from that? If anything at all?
2: Um, I mean, not, not really anything. I mean, um, I think I liked more when he talked about the specific injuries on how they happen. Like I, I can tell you how the three injuries happened and when he broke them down, you know, I, I think that gives um, the media a better idea. And and the fans who are watching those pressers a better idea, you know, like, okay, So Wilson wasn't being overworked on the field or something happened. It was a fluke injury standing up out of a chair, you know, or screwing Mm -hmm. off in a chair or whatever they were doing in the locker room. Um, But, uh, you know, I I, I like the fact that he gave us insight as to what caused the injuries, not just the fact that, you know, they happened.
0: Right. Exactly. Yes. He identified the injuries and what happened and how they occurred. Yep. I like that. Um, So another injury question, this one was from Grant. You said it was the most professional question. I think yeah.
2: that's probably the ever that I've ever heard Grant ask. <laughs> do you want
0: me to play the actual question, or do you want me? You to don't have to. I'm know.
2: just saying. I was. It blew me away when I was like, "That's Grant! Holy crap!"
0: <laughs> right. Um. But I. The reason I, I'm going to focus on this, I like that. I think Kyle threw a little sass at him, just a little, not he a did. lot, just a little. He did. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna play it and get your thoughts on it here. Okay.
1: Well, first, no, I no. We finished practice, and I, I usually don't cancel a practice when a guy gets hurt. So I don't. You know unless you think I should. Um, You know, someone broke their neck or something like that. Like, that's tough to go out there and do something, but no one really just cancels practices when people get hurt. So I think that would be extremely weird. Um, Second thing, we change stuff up all the time. I mean, I could go get a book out and tell you how many reps I would do in year one to year two. Um, I don't like to tell other teams what we do, but – You know, some of our high, low stuff and how we rep guys, the the way we do it off of a day off. Um, We have heavy rep days to low rep days to heavy rep days to low rep days. Um, A ton of stuff that goes into that, which takes us about three weeks to figure out before we put a schedule together.
0: All right. That was it there. I have never heard Kyle say that would be weird. Right. Before. And then he he chimes in with, unless you think I should.
2: (laughs) Because that seems like you know something. He's like <laughs> Grant always wants to be able to give his input, so it was kind of a you know a little flashbang back to him, saying, "Hey, unless you think I should," because you know, mm-hmm. you know, he always wants to have his two cents in there. But I thought I just thought it was funny that, uh, or it was professional. The question, the way it was asked, was very professional, and then I, I loved Kyle's response to it.
0: Yeah. Now, Kyle and this presser mentioned, uh, you know, I wanted to keep camp going because we had 15 guys that i would like to keep out well I'm, I'm gonna play it but i want you i want to get this breakdown over here this was interesting to me uh and it was very it was very coded and i couldn't crack the code so i'm, I'm gonna play this i'm gonna play this part i'm gonna turn up the volume just a little bit more just in case my air conditioner turns on again my daughter is standing at the door and then the dog wants to come outside so she's like opening the door closing and i'm like stop and then she knocked the chair that's what that bang was you guys heard she knocked the chair over that my wife put outside um but anyway so hopefully uh with her opening the door the heat's going in air conditioner's turning back on and right turning right back off so all right hopefully uh it sounds good here though so this listen to this one here um and let's let's break this down afterwards
1: Yeah, there's probably about 15 guys that I'd love to continue to put on a whole camp for, um, but I'm not going to do that at the expense of the other 75, um, where about three weeks ago – I want to put on a camp for 75 people. And there's really about 15 guys I'm not so worried about. Um, but I still like everyone to be a part of it because um, you don't want to just say, hey, these guys don't have to do it, but these guys do. And that's why I'm proud of our team and that all these guys showed up and came to work. And um, a lot got better and a lot – some guys struggled in OTAs, but it's crucial that you learn that now because now you can do something about it. Uh, when you learn that a week in a training camp, it's, uh-oh, what do I do now? It's a little too late.
0: All right. So he said, there's 15 guys I would have liked to continue to have camp for, but it's not fair to the other 75. Right. And then he said, there's also 15 guys that, you know, didn't need it. Right. Are they two separate 15s? I think so. You do think so?
2: Yeah. I think the 15 guys that they would like to continue to work with are probably your 12 draftees and un- and undrafted free agents that he signed, plus a few bubble guys that might be beneficial from getting an extra week of OTAs and the 15 guys that don't need it are your Kittle and Warner and, you know, those guys who are you know already doing what they need to do and know what they need to do. And they're probably not going to get much benefit out of being at OTAs, but other than the camaraderie and being part of this team and showing their leadership by showing up to a voluntary event, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought, I thought it was word. I'm like, is this 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 can't be the same 15.
2: Yeah, like, I think it, it's it two separate,
0: be, Right? So and then I like what you're saying makes perfect sense. It makes per- and I was going to say let's try to figure out the 15 that he was talking about for each one but you did it. So we won't we won't go into it. I thought this was going to take a lot longer like this one segment well, here. I, think,
2: was- I mean, when you look at our roster, right? We've got obviously some battles that will happen in training camp, but when you look at this roster, there are certain individuals who are the elite of what they, at what they do. We happen to be lucky enough to have a few guys on our team who are within the top five, if not the number one guy, in the league at their position. You know what I'm saying? So I think if you were to break that down and look at who are locks on this roster, you could probably come up with a rough estimate of who those 15 guys are that don't need to be at OTAs, but should be because of the leadership that they bring You know, in helping mentor those people that do still need to be at OTAs.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. So I thought we were going to run through it all, but we don't have to. So that that is great, man. Uh, good breakdown there uh, from you. Um, I got uh let me see here. Oh, I have one more clip here, and this one was about uh, the staff within the new position, mainly uh, McDaniels and uh, his new defensive coordinator. All right. So I just want to play that and then we'll go ahead and break down the defensive line and then we'll get up out of here.
1: Um, I mean, I think it's been great. I think D'Amico's been ready for this role for a while. Um, it's been fun for me to watch him in it and um, just for him to continue to flourish and get better each day. Um, I'm pumped about D'Amico, and um, I think he's going to show everyone how good he is, and I think everyone knows that already in this building. Um, and Mike, not much different. I mean, Mike's been a huge part of this since we've gotten here, um, and so nothing's really changed. He just doesn't have to share that title with anyone anymore. Uh-uh.
0: No, 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 no advertising so much. <laughs> Sorry, crypto my ass. Um, so I liked it. I liked it a lot. And I liked what he started with D'Amico. Uh, he said, like, he's been ready for this for a while. right? And why I think that's interesting is because last offseason, heading into the year, someone asked a question about D'Amico Ryan's to Sala. And Sala said, one day I'm probably going to end up working for him. And then you hear Kyle say that right out the gate the first time he's asked about Ryan's and and, and what he's doing. I thought that was really good. And then uh, to transition to McDaniels, it was he's been a large part of what we do here. Right. Uh, and so, you know, not much has changed from his aspect. And then and, and Daniels went through and said the same exact thing. Uh, you know, not much has changed for me on on my side of the job. So what were your thoughts on that?
2: No, pretty much the same. I mean, you know, I. Um... I don't want, I want everybody to be successful. You know, if they can go out there and be successful, I think that some people will take jobs in places that because of basically, I don't think, I don't think that the long term for Salah is going to be success with the jets because I, they're the jets. I just don't, that's just my perception. I don't feel like either ownership is not truly all about winning or something that's ever since Joe Namath left that organization. They just don't care. I mean, it seems like it's kind of weird, but it's just my two cents. And so, I wouldn't doubt in four years that D'Amico becomes a head coach somewhere and brings solid in as his defensive coordinator. So saying something along those lines that he could be my boss one day, seems like there's something that could happen. But the fact that, you know, we were thinking that Sala might've left last year. And I think that we still would have put, probably had D'Amico as the defensive coordinator. He was, he has been ready. And, and so I think that that the growth into that position, um, you know, just getting that extra year under Sala, and you know, understanding his thought process, and so he can has more tools to bring to it when he becomes the DC. You know, now that he is the DC, you know, he's going to do things his way, but you're going to see remnant, remnants, remnant you, know, you got it, of remnants. There you go. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> right of uh, you know, other people that he's worked with, like Sala, or you know, other defensive coordinators, you know, and players that he's played with, just things that he's going to be able to bring to the table. You know, and on the flip side of that, when you talk about McDaniels, you, like we were talking about before, 16 years those guys have been together. Now, if you think that McDaniels hasn't been given insight to Shanahan about, you know, maybe we should try this or maybe we should try that over the last five years, you'd be, I think you'd be mistaken. I think that he's probably been in his ear. They have that communication. Um, and and I think that when you listen to McDaniels, um, his interview, you know, and what he was trying to say, I got the feeling that um, it's still going to be Shanahan calling the place. And I will still continue to give my input. I just now have the sole owner of the OC title, you know? And so I think that they're going to continue working together.
0: That was the one part I was going to play. That was the one part of the McDaniels, but I'm not going to do it. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, It was Kyle gets in a zone and he doesn't need any help calling plays. And there's times where you see him kind of like ready for opinions from the staff. Right. And then I that's what he said her, something her.
2: about, you know, maybe we should try shotgun here or something like that. I think it was the the situation that McDaniels throughout in his interview. Yeah.
0: So I really, really like that. Um, and that's going to do it for the presser part. Now we're going to break down again. The show is, you know, the roster breakdown. We're on the D line tonight. Um, now <clears throat> I want to, I want to, um, Start by saying that last year uh, at the initial defensive line, okay. The initial defensive line, the nine oh, really
2: slow eight. here because I'm going to write these down because I want to make sure I got some stuff right. So go ahead.
0: Oh, you oh, I was just going to say the number, but I can give you the names too. So yeah. last year, the defensive line, they kept nine. Yep. Okay. They kept Eric Armstead
2: as they, what does it say what they kept him as? Because we had this discussion.
0: No. not 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 so what i have here is the 2020 uh first 53 uh, after the breakdowns and it doesn't it doesn't give a um like what they were doing okay so it says uh eric armstead nick bosa d ford kevin Givens, carrie hyder jr dj jones javon kinlaw contavious street and solomon thomas Now, here was the caveat. Uh, Ronald Blair began the season on the PUP. So that was the one thing. He was trying to work his way back uh, from the ACL that he suffered the season before. So that was a little tuck somebody underneath. So I'm willing to say, you know, maybe they keep 10 this year. All right. So I'm just, well, because they snuck Ronald Blair in. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know how, I don't know. I, I just think that was worth noting that they snuck him in on the PUP. Okay. All right, so uh, we can start a breakdown. Now, I have the defensive linemen in alphabetical order by last name. Uh, so if you want, we can go through them all. How do you, how do you want to handle
2: this? Uh, you can do it however you want. I can give you uh, – you can read them off. I can give you the list that I've got. It doesn't matter uh, however you want to do it, and then we can break down positions.
0: All right, so we have Eric Armstead, Alex Barrett, Nick Bosa, Darian Daniels, Samson Ibukam, D. Ford, Kevin Givens, Deshaun Hall, Maurice Hurst, DJ Jones, Zach Kerr, Arden Key, Contavia Street, Jordan Willis, Javon Kinlaw. That's all I have.
2: And Kafusi. Corbin, I think his name, Corbin Kafusi? Why one, two, isn't he listed here? I have sixteen.
0: I don't know how many I named. I must. I mean, that's the only one, so I must have named fifteen. I don't see him on the team's. I'm on the. I'm on the 49ers official site and looking at their roster, and he's not listed here. Hold on, maybe let me. Is
2: that uh, with? That's with a K. Uh yeah.
0: All right. Let me let me sort. by but I here. have
2: seen him listed in different areas like on a wiki page and other NFL sites. They have him as an offensive lineman so maybe they have him in their offensive group. I don't
0: know. Let me let me put it in alphabetical order. That's with a K you said, right?
2: Yeah, it's K-A-U-F-U-S-I.
0: H. There's a lot of H's. J. And then after J is K. Yeah, he's there. He's listed as an offensive lineman on this.
2: Right, and I've seen him on several occasions be listed in different positions, so I have him in my defensive group, but they may have changed him over to the offensive side of the ball.
0: Well, let me see what the team site says about him. Uh, It says, Biography, 6'9", originally entered after signing with the Saints as an undrafted free agent and defensive lineman. Following his release from the Saints, he then signed to the Jets practice squad where he spent the remainder of the season uh, transitioning to an offensive lineman. All right, so that was in... 2019 after signing a future reserve contract with the jets he was waived by the team in september so they have him listed as an offensive lineman i don't know
2: that's where the, i'll put him then i'll move is, him. he
0: he's six nine big dude yep to play offensive lineman that's really big like holy smoke but he's only 275 i i think well never mind let me shut up all right so we can we can break this thing down here
2: Okay, so I moved him, so I won't include him on anything I do. Is your stalker back?
0: <laughs> nah, man. Somebody said, wait, is that a possum behind Mike? I hate possums, bro. <laughs> I, yo, they are the nastiest looking creatures that I have come in contact with in my entire life. I, I hate possums. I absolutely hate people messing with me. That's all. All right, it's cool. And I keep seeing somebody asking, uh, is Breezy singing for ramen? I'm not going to say ramen, but he is out singing tonight. Uh, Nick is working. Nick should be jumping on soon. Um, Well, I haven't checked my text messages. Let me see if Nick is planning on jumping on. Tony uh, fell asleep. We were actually going to do a show at 11 o'clock tonight, guys. But um, we were trying to get Tony on, so we, we did it at 10. But I haven't seen him. I haven't heard from I think he fell asleep. He's got work tomorrow, so it's all good. Um, all right, so let's break this thing down and see if we can come up with nine or ten guys that we think the team is going to keep. Okay. And I think this is a uh, – oh, they're saying Breezy's live right now. Oh, so he's singing. Okay.
2: Yeah, I saw him singing earlier I, saw when, I when I logged on. He was on Facebook. He had his page up. Oh, okay.
0: Okay, I, I have a Facebook notification turned on. I'm I am like ten seconds away from deleting Facebook. If it weren't for me, like when we go live on Facebook, right. it's through my account, so I I leave it up there. But man, I am this close to just getting it's rid been, of
2: Facebook. Well, I I get when I get the notification now, it says Nick Nick is going. Oh, it's right. saying Nick now. Oh, yeah. well, that's even better. So I can so go maybe you it. can delete it if you want.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm talking <laughs> or about. Or at least
2: go private or whatever it is that you can do.
0: I don't even. I, I don't post on it. Like I don't. I don't go on and follow up with people. It's just. It's bad. We have Lions fans in here tonight. We have Rams – Well, we always have the Ram fan in here.
2: I know. What Ready other fans? Stimulus check. That was awesome.
0: <laughs> remember that, right? What What other fans of other teams are out here? All right. So let's talk about the defensive line because I think this is probably. Well, let me let me not say that yet, but, I I have a lot of uh, faith and our defensive line this year a lot of faith in our defensive line I think that this could be I'll say it fuck it I think this could be the uh, strength of the defense this year I really really do and that's saying something because linebackers are really good Mm -hmm. but uh let's talk about them man so do we just want to say who we like name a player and then what we see them uh doing or or making yeah, the I don't know. Games. I mean, usually we
2: just run down, each of us run down. So it's 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 up to you. If you want to give your 9-10, I can give my 9-10. No, nope, you go them. ahead.
0: You go first.
2: Okay. So I, I think as as I have it right now, um, provided everybody's healthy with the exception of Ford, because I don't know his status. So I actually have him starting off the year on the IR um, or PUP, depending on where they want to put him. So we will sneak 10 in there if if you want to look at it that way, because I have nine active players on the defensive line um that and i think that and i'll even give you who i think the odd man out is once ford is healthy
0: you are you are in my mind tonight because the reason i focused on the pup with ronald blair is because i was saying that we probably will do that with ford but uh since you put it out there already that that's why i focused on they snuck a tenth guy in that's why I, that's exactly why i focused on that so that's pretty cool yeah all right well, i, I had
2: done the same kind of thought process but yeah so um i think my my starting Guys are going to be Armstead, Kenlaw, Jones, and Bosa. I think those guys are definite locks to make this, this team. And I think because of his contract and what he's bringing, Ibukam is also a lock to make this team. So that gives you five guys right off the bat that are not going anywhere from my Strictly, standpoint.
0: You said because of his contract, like the guarantees you
2: mean? Well, we signed a three plus, well, I mean, he's got three plus million this year, right? Or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. 3.75 this year. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what his whole contract is off the top of my head, but I think it was like,
0: I think it was like 15 million, right? Yeah.
2: Something like that. He's going to get paid over the next couple of years, but um, just because of that and the guarantees, I think that he's here. And I think with his, the idea of what, why they were bringing him in here, at least the stuff that I had was paying attention to um, is not to replace Ford like permanently, but to act in his stead, or at least to um, divvy up those um, those reps so that you know we have uh, fresh feet all the time out there, so to speak. So those are my my five that are guaranteed. Um, I also think that Givens, now that his legal woes are over with, will make this roster um, as a. Uh, I'm not even going to put him in the bubble. I think he's a preferred player that makes this team. So not a lock, but a preferred player. Who was that? Givens.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: Um, and then, uh, and then it kind of comes down into the new guys that are on the team. Um, and so I need needed. Go ahead.
0: You, his, Givens' legal troubles are over.
2: Yeah, he got his stuff that happened in Baltimore has been uh, dropped or whatever. Oh, it was. Yeah. I I missed that. That was like on Wednesday or Thursday, I think.
0: I, bro, I've or been May working like know. a freaking madman. That's crazy. I, I completely missed that. Was there like a, a statement or something that came out about that? Yeah,
2: it was on, um, I don't know. I don't know. Schefter put it out. One of one of those guys tweeted.
0: All it the charges were dropped?
2: Everything was dropped, so he shouldn't have any problems now. <laughs>
0: Let's go. Unless I
2: misinterpreted what was put out through the tweet. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll look for it. I know
0: but, it's cool. I'm going to shut up again. I, I hate to interrupt you, but I wanted to know that when I go through my list. That's that's great.
2: So we had uh, three guys um that we brought in, in the off season to help bolster, so to speak, this defensive line that we have, uh, in, uh, key, um, Hearst and, um, and Kerr, Right. And Kerr is kind of like, from my understanding, he's going to be, he should play the backup nose tackle position. Right. And that's, so that's where I have him is he's going to back up DJ Jones. So right now I've got DJ Jones and Kerr at nose tackle. And then, um, my defensive ends, Bosa, Armstead, Ibukom, uh, Key, and then Willis is number five. And Willis will be the first one off this roster if Ford is able to come back on the team. That's my, where that's at. And so um, my defensive tackles, three techs, if you will, Ken Kenlaw and uh, I think Givens is the next guy. And I want one more. And so, but I, I just can't. I, I think they're going to have four defensive tackles. I think they're going to have five defensive ends. I think that's going to be the nine guys you see on this team. And so with the two nose tackles, I think you only get two, three techs out of there. I just don't see another way when you look at the full roster to fit another defensive lineman on the 53-man roster. Um, so I'll go over re- again real quick just so that I'm not screwing anybody up here. Um, so I have Armstead, uh, Key, Kinlaw, Givens, Jones, Kerr. Bosa, Ibukam, and then Willis is my fifth defensive end that will be replaced by Ford if Ford can come back.
0: No, Maurice Hurst. Huh? I would
2: love to. I just can't find a place to put him. <laughs> can't.
0: <laughs> I like it,
2: man. I, I mean, like. Un- unless that. you're going to kick Kevin Givens off the team, you know, because Kenlaw is not going anywhere. He's a lock to make this team. You know, just based on the fact he's a first round pick last year. You know.
0: This is now he's the one from the from the Panthers, right? Hurst. I um, Kerr. I'm sorry. I meant to say Kerr. I meant to say Kerr. Kerr is the one from Maurice. Uh, I, Kerr. I don't remember where they from came the from now. Panthers. I'm sorry. All right, I I confuse you, but all right. I like that. I like it. Okay, very very good.
2: Yeah, because at first I had Key or excuse me, I had Hurst and and Street battling for the last spot on the team, uh, on the on the line, um, but I just don't. When I went back and looked at how it's broken down, you know, I got my five my five ends, and when I look at my, you know, four defensive tackles, you know, I I could see them. Maybe they only keep one designated nose tackle with DJ Jones, and then maybe they keep Hurst over Kerr, but I don't know enough about those three guys, Kerr, Hurst, and uh, um, and Key, to to make that decision of whether or not they should let one go versus the other. But as highly as this team has talked about Kevin Givens, I just don't, if his legal troubles are truly behind him, I think there's no reason he doesn't make this team. All right. I like and, then, it. Oh, and then I have um, Barrett and Daniels going to the practice squad.
0: Very good. Very, very good. Solid, solid, solid defensive line, man. I love it. All right. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to just go down alphabetically. I'm going to say make it or not make it. I'm talking about the final 53, okay? Armstead is going to make it. Barrett will not. Nick Bosa will make it. Darian Daniels will not. Samson Ibukam will make it. D Ford will make it. That's four. Kevin Givens will make it. That's five. Deshaun Hall will not. Maurice Hurst will make it. I just want to make sure I feel comfortable with this. You're at six. <laughs> I know. I'm going to say Maurice Hurst will make it, though. I'm going to I'm going to stick with that. I'm 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 a little torn right now. I'm just trying to decide if I want to stick with that. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say Hurst will make it for now. Um, DJ Jones will make it. That's seven. Zach Kerr will make it. That's eight. Arden Key.
2: You got four and four right now. Four defensive tackles and four defensive ends.
0: Arden Key. Oh man. I'm gonna. I'm oh shit. I'm gonna put. <laughs> I'm gonna put him on a bubble. I'm gonna put him on a bubble because w- w- what I'm doing is, one I don't I don't trust the Raiders. Okay, um, and I think I'm letting his LSU tape, m- make more of a decision for me.
2: Right. But when you said Ford was going to make the team earlier, did you mean the 53 or is he going to be on a injury? I something know,
0: other? I know. I know. Why are you asking that? Because
2: if that goes away, then you have room for Key to go in there.
0: <laughs> that's I'm, The way Kyle was talking and from, from what I think, I won't say from what I've heard because that's misleading, for what I think I think I think Ford actually makes the 53. Okay. Uh I'm going to I'm going to say no for Arden Key. And that hurts because I I've seen I've seen this defensive line take players and get something out of them that other teams couldn't. Right. And and he is the prime guy for that kind of role. Like he is the type of guy for that role. Um I'm gonna say no on Arden Key right now. Kentavious Street. I'm gonna say no. Uh, Jordan Willis. I'm gonna say yes. And Javon Kinlaw. I'm gonna
2: say yes. Well, you can't. Well, that's ten. I know. You're keeping ten. gonna yeah. Somebody, I, some position group's gonna be hurting. <laughs>
0: So you said that, and I immediately looked at the running backs, right? Mm-hmm. And last year they kept five, counting Juice. Right. Uh, but Kevin Coleman's gone, Jarek McKinnon's gone, Jeff Wilson Jr.'s gone. That's three, but you have to insert two rookies,
2: yep.
0: and then you have to insert Goldman. Right. And so that tells me that when we get to the running back position, I might have a decision to make there. I won't say any more right yep. now.
2: You might have I to won't. drop it down to three running backs and one fullback.
0: And that is.
2: And considering we're a run first team, I don't know that that's going to happen. No, I know. Maybe I, maybe when, I, I initially, from- when I went through and initially did my full 53-man roster, I was leaving the tight end short. I left them short. I left them with only three because I was trying to figure out how to keep. I wanted nine offensive linemen and nine defensive linemen. And it just, I couldn't. I couldn't make it happen if I was truly being honest with myself, you know, and then when the injury happened to Moore, I was like, Oh, that's perfect. And then we signed Jefferson. I'm like, well, I don't, I think that if they sign Jefferson, he makes this team. I don't think it's the same situation as they had with like Siberian, you know, or Cyprian. I don't think it's the same situation. I think that because they were looking at him before the injury even happened. And so I, I think that he makes this team, which when I go and look at it, then I'm like, well, do I keep my – I had six and f- – now I had six and four in, the, in my secondary for my my cornerbacks in my uh, my safety group, and then I had to change it to six and five. So now I'm keeping 11 back there. I'm like, well, how do I make that space up? And I ended up having to take – I took – actually, that's where school went. The school was the first one off the roster in order to make that happen. And then they got injured anyway, so.
0: This is, this is Street's third year?
2: Um, hold on. Street is in year three.
0: Yes. He's got five tackles. Well, this
2: will be his fourth year. Yes.
0: Oh, this will be his fourth year.
2: He's got three years of experience behind him.
0: And only five tackles.
2: But I think he was out the first year, right? Yeah. Red shirt is rookie year.
0: I don't know. Man. I think, I think that, okay. So the 49ers did this thing where, Basically, if you were drafted by the team, they were going to keep you just to try to get a look. And it was only two players that didn't do it. Um, and it was Street the first year, and it was Peter Tomopino. And then it was uh, – well, you can technically say Joe Williams also.
2: I'm glad you said that because I can't pronounce his name.
0: Tomopino? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I just – has Street shown enough to say, like, he's, he's going to make this roster?
2: I don't think that he has when you take other people into comparison, but I've also seen this team bring in veterans and then keep somebody they drafted over the veteran and in my bewilderment trying to figure out why. And it's just because they're, they've been with the team. I don't know. You know, they have their, they do have their somewhat of their loyalty to the guys they draft and they want to give them every chance to prove them right versus say, we made a bad decision or something, you know, obviously you want your, you know, all that work the scouts go into, the GMs and Peters and Kyle, everybody who's involved with that, you know, they want it to be, to be right. You know, they want to show that they, they have a good process. When you have players that just don't transition well, then it shows that you were wrong.
0: Do you have um, – that's right, uh, Caden Smith also. You're right. Do you, And that was a horrible cut. That was so That was bad. a horrible cut.
2: I was so mad. Bad. I can't even remember who we kept for him, but I was like,
0: no. <laughs> I I did a uh, top five at every position, and he was in my top five for tight ends in that draft that year.
2: What, wasn't he like? Didn't we keep Toy Toilolo to, to, and let him go or something like that? I mean, wh- why? <laughs> and they're both in New York now. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, don't don't ask me. Uh, let me ask this about Street. You have him playing what defensive tackle? Uh, yes. And you think uh, how how many defensive tackles did you have? Four. And he was one of them. No. Oh, he was not one of them for you. Okay. Okay. So I don't feel that.
2: Initially I was trying to figure out how to get, um, I had a, a, a camp battle between, um, Hurst and street to make the roster. But then I realized there's no way to put either of those guys on the roster. If you're trying to keep a five defensive ends and four tackles, which seems like that would be the, predominant thought process that's what we've done previously and it makes the most sense for keeping your rotation going especially when you have armstead who can play both inside and outside
0: is there any chance kyle goes back i know we're not there yet ah i shouldn't say i'm gonna say it anyway and we don't have to go into who we have making the roster at this position is there any chance kyle goes back to just keeping two quarterbacks again the three they, was a rarity if it
2: him. wasn't for last year i would say that's a possibility um I just I think that after they got bit so hard by the injury bug, I don't think that they want to take a risk at anywhere if they don't have to. And I think that the linebacker position is probably the one area they feel like they can keep thin, just due to the gameplay of those guys who play in that position group, and the fact that we have some safeties that can go back and forth.
0: Street, how many how many games does Street, street have under his belt? I'm wondering if he's practice squad eligible still. He he should be, right? He, yeah, doesn't, have, he, I, he, he doesn't, doesn't have
2: that many games, so I, I, he should be. Yeah. But I, and if not, we're still going to have the vets that are available. You know, the vet slots. Even if he didn't qualify to be on the practice squad for under that's the regular true. rules, he could always be one of those four, four, no six spots. I think six, yeah. six eligible spots for veterans.
0: That's good. Okay. All right. I feel better now. Okay. That's that's what I wanted. <laughs> I'm serious, man. That was. It was bothering me because I know how the team doesn't like, like you said, to give up on their guys. Don't come over here, bro.
2: And you know, you know I'm a numbers guy, right? So I just, I'm going to put this out on every episode that we have. I know what the media is putting out there. We do not have $17 million. When you make this final roster and you break it down, part of the reason that $17 million is there because Trey hasn't signed, Trey hasn't signed, and Ambry hasn't signed, I think. So there's three players from the draft that haven't signed. It's going to cost us seven million on at, just to start with, and then you got the practice squad, which is going to be another two and a half to three million, depending on what they do with veterans or not veterans, how they build that that roster. So you're really looking at like seven, six and a half to seven million dollars is what we're going to go into the season with. And if we have more issues where we have to bring in. Sign guys to replace guys who get injured, that's gonna take away from that money too.
0: Doesn't that seven million go up to ten because of the retirement of uh Richburg? Didn't No, we it- only got like
2: a million and a half back from him, but you gotta think about it. When you you're gonna say, Okay, I get cause he went from four point whatever it was to three point five hold on, I have the numbers right here.
0: Sorry, so, I'm not trying to confuse you or anything. I'm just trying to make sure no. we got all this accounted right. for. Right, so that.
2: I already have that accounted for because I, put, I, I do basically the same thing as Over the Cap does where I have a section of where it's like all the dead contract money. So when I put my 53 together, I went back and everybody who didn't make the team, I looked at anybody who had guaranteed money because that's all going to become dead money you know, when they don't make the team. So when I put my 53-man roster together, I know what my 53-man equals us to have in the cap space when we're done. And so um, Richburg went from four I don't have his original now, but it was four four point eight or four point nine or something like that. Yeah, it was
0: close to five. And, I, I remember it being right, it was close
2: to five in and, and his retirement hit goes down to three point five. So we only opened up like it's like a million or 1.4 million or something like that is what it opens up for this season. Remember, we did a post June, so we're actually going to have dead money on the books next year for Richburg. That's going to hit hit hard, harder I should say. Um, But it only opened up a million and a half, short of a million and a half. But when you think about the roster, your whoever's at that 51 player salary, when you start looking at you know the top Jimmy obviously, whoever's at that 51 spot their salary is going to be around the 850,000 mark. So you can basically take that 1.7 and split it in half. And we only got, I shouldn't say only, but by him retiring, it only actually opened up about $850,000.
0: So two questions for you.
2: Mm-hmm. One,
0: I thought only the top 51 salaries counted against the cat. Everything right, top 51. So, okay. All right. So that's cool. Um, the second thing is, uh, what – what are the cap implications for retiring versus cutting somebody? Because uh, well, I didn't think I didn't think the dead cap hit would be as high because he retired. We didn't right. cut him.
2: We didn't, and we there, didn't injury settle. So technically according to if you go look in the NFLPA, the the new contract and everything, when you look up the information about retiring players, if we had if he had said, you know, screw the team, I'm retiring in May, his entire guaranteed salary would become due now like the day he retires. It is like cutting a player.
0: Holy shit.
2: But because he waited until after we were able to break up his owed money over the two seasons, just like any other post six, one cut. So his, it got, I don't, I don't know what it is. I have to look it up on what it is for next year, but it's, it's only 3.5 this year. So we did open up a little bit of cap space by him going, obviously we know he already had made the deal to restructure his, Um, contract earlier in the season because we were headed down this road um, and they knew we were headed down this road. And I think that's why they restructured it the way they did. Um, He was still going to get paid no matter what, but um, obviously at a a lesser value, but um, let me pull it up right now and see if I can't look at next year.
0: Yeah. While you're looking that up, I I'm trying to sit here and figure out, I'm trying to convince myself that we can go into the season with just two quarterbacks. And I think that means that I have to hope that Rosen, And Sudfeld stink during preseason. Like where Shanahan just says there's no point in keeping either one of these guys. And then maybe sign somebody. Because Sudfeld will be practice squad eligible.
2: Right.
0: He 100% will be. Um, And Rosen, we picked him up from a practice squad with, what, the last three or four weeks of the season? Right. we, We put him on the active. So he should still have practice squad eligibility, believe it or not.
2: Yep. So next year, Richburg will be a dead cap hit of three point three million.
0: That's not that bad. No, I thought it was higher. Scared the shit out of me when you said. I thought it
2: was supposed to be like much higher than that, but I guess it's not. I think his total hit was supposed to be eight million or something like that, and it's uh, or seven and a half or whatever it ends up being. And so in that, and it gets split up over the two years versus coming fully due all, you know maturation of now when he retired because he did it at, uh, post-June 1, uh, we're able to split it up, so it makes it a little bit better. But, you know, basically he took a, a pay cut, you know, earlier in the season anyway to help the team out. So
0: Jaguayo. Uh, this is a good question, and unfortunately, no. Um, this is one thing that the league has to catch up on. They introduced an extra game. Now, last year they expanded the rosters because of the of the COVID rules. Right, and from my understanding, and I could be wrong. You correct me if I'm wrong. I think they're keeping those rules another year.
2: So I have not heard anything to say they're going back to the the regular rules, if you will, or the normal right. season rules. Um, but I also haven't heard anything stating that they're going to keep the rules the way they were last year. I think that it works great for the teams, and they should do that because it doesn't really. When you're talking about expanding the team, the season, you should be talking about expanding your rosters just due to wear and tear on your players you know, I think that if, you know, you should probably be able to put 60 guys on a football team as far as I'm concerned, but that's just not the rules of the NFL. So, um, I think that they will probably keep it the same this year. Like I said, I haven't seen it to say yes or no, either way that, or confirmation either way. Um, but I think that you're right. I think that they're going to keep the rules in place for another year because while I know that the stadiums are going to open up and the people are trying to get back to normal, it's not over, you know, there's still people getting sick. There's still people dying, you know, so it's like, you know, you should probably keep those things in place just, you know, at least for another year, you know, for the season, for this upcoming season anyway. But I think that going forward, those should be the rules too. It, It made so much sense and it worked so well, you know, when you put a player on IR or PUP and then they're stuck there, right? Like why can't I bring that guy back? If he's better, he's part of this team. He should be able to, you know, maneuver to make things better. And, you know, I can go sign a free agent, release him and go sign him again and release him and go sign him again. But if I put a player on the injury list, I can't do that. That doesn't make any sense. Like.
0: One of the I the 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 rosters will catch up, I believe, Uh, especially with this only 50, the top 51 counting against the cap. There's no harm at all for either side. And the players association should be down with this to expand the rosters to 60. Yeah. because the teams benefit from it because they have more people there the players get actual active game day checks right and only the top 51 count against the cap so who cares if the roster is 53 55 60 if only, if you're only counting the top 51 what's the freaking difference you get like what where's the harm in that and right. you can, but I think that you're they, allowing more people to get bigger checks instead of being on practice squads, they can be on the active roster. You're your the players' association should be for right the expansion of the rosters, and so should the NFL because it's not changing the cap hits.
2: I so do think though that if they do that, I honestly believe that they'll move it from 51 to 55 or 54 or something like it'll be th-
0: that number will move to it's fifty-five now. If you no no no, I'm saying like liners.
2: if they move it to sixty, I think that the top fifty-four players. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I think okay. that they'll, they'll adjust it accordingly so that they still can keep constraints on your team building, you know, so to speak.
0: <laughs> because the, the 55 rule is if you have extra linemen.
2: Well, you had – yeah, if you were going to – if you were on game day, you were going to go to 55-man, you had to bring one lineman up. with, Not both of them, only one no, of no,
0: no, them. No. Game day wasn't 50 – game day wasn't 55. It was – it was your whole roster was 55 game day went from 46 to like 48 or something like that and they had to be
2: linemen right but it's still it was still game day 55 because it's just you're talking about active people active on the roster but you could still if you were going to go to 55 you're now your 46 had to include at least one lineman that you were activating from the practice squad too
0: yeah but there's not 53 people active on game day
2: not active but they're on the roster i'm saying on the ro-
0: okay okay i see what you're saying okay so cuz you said Active, right. so you're going 50, to 46
2: whatever. to 48 or whatever yeah and,
0: okay i just want to make sure we're on the same page because if yeah, i'm yeah. wrong you I still have to have
2: x amount of inactive players you know right whatever that ends right. up being what is it eight or six or whatever it is that so if you're a 46 man roster and four, 43 so seven players have to be inactive every week is that right Yeah. so yeah. it doesn't change when you go to 55 you still have to have seven inactive players but if you go to 55 one of those guys had to be a lineman. That was my understanding.
0: Yeah. Um, This is a very good question, and we are going to get to that very soon. Actually, I think it's time for us to start (laughs) the offensive side. So our next show, I think our next show is going to be offensive linemen, and then we go to tight ends and then receivers. We can probably do tight ends and receivers in the same show, right? Because there's not a lot of wide receivers to discuss. Um
2: not a lot of tight ends. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of wide receivers.
0: <laughs> but this is a good question. And I don't want to answer it because it's going to give away what I have to say on, on that day. So I don't I don't want to answer that. Uh but this is this is fun, man. I, I appreciate you jumping on B. Uh thanks Always. so much. Uh is there anything else you want to ask um or, or you want to discuss before we go? And then also uh for, for the viewers that are out there, I wanna open this up, Brian. If you got the time, cool. If not, yeah, uh, let's let's do another five to ten minutes of just questions from the from like the good night
2: madness style let's go yeah
0: <laughs> let, let's just freaking do it let me tell you I'm not gonna yeah I I miss the March Madness shows I'm not You're gonna right. lie to you that Midnight was something madness. that was a lot of fun and with the team being gone these next 40 days we're not gonna hear anything I'm thinking about trying to bring it back. What, what do you think about that? Like, would, would, that, would that be something you're down with?
2: It's fine for me. I mean, I'm on the West coast, so it's nine o'clock to me. That's so true. it's not hard. <laughs> we,
0: we do, we were doing 15 minutes before. If you could tweak it, what would you do?
2: Um, you know, in actuality, I think I wouldn't, I mean, I know it's harder for you guys because it's actually midnight when we start the show, man, but man. I would say like a half hour show is probably better because I felt half like hour. we got cut off a lot and we wanted oh. to keep talking but yeah. we were like, OK, we need to stand to this 15 minutes because that's all we said we were going to do. And I know that on a couple of occasions we ran over that a little bit, but um, I'd be willing to do it, you know, and do it in a half hour. You know, I think okay. that, that opens up the floor to get more questions in more, more fan interaction.
0: OK. All right. I think I think we should start that while the team is gone. Now, the thing is, um, I'm OK with that. I got to talk it over with the missus because. She Obviously. hates how much time I haven't been spending with family. So here's here's the deal with me. And and I'll put this out there. Um, my my biggest issue is that the job that I have, um, I, I have a lot of patients and not patients like I'm calm. I mean like patients as in like people. doctors have patients, like people, yes. People. I have people patients with the T, not the C. And so normally I'm on call once a month. Unfortunately, one of my coworkers who does the same in the same position is in the military and they just randomly flagged him and he's there for three weeks now.
2: Right.
0: So now it's every other week as opposed to once a month. Um, so we have um, we have this uh, new system here. where We're on call for the whole week at this job. And that's what was really running me ragged. There were nights where I was getting home at 11 o'clock. That's why we didn't do a show last night. I walked right. in the door around 11 and it was just too late to try to do a show. I was beat. I was exhausted. So that's why. Um, but if we do shows at midnight again, we can't call it March madness. we we'll have to come up with something, maybe midnight madness, you know, something like that. Um, I think
2: That's what we called it because we well, didn't call we, well, before. March
0: it was March madness at midnight is what we right, called. Right, right, right. Okay. So yeah. I wanted to do the March madness because of, you know, the basketball tournaments and stuff like that, but we can definitely do this. If you guys are down out there in the, in the chat, Uh, You guys let us know if you guys are willing to come on at midnight East coast time and and just fire off questions. We will be here to answer them. And I think we should start this maybe Monday. Brian, if if you're down with that, I'm with it, man. We'll do minimum of 20 minutes max out at half hour. Sure. That sound good.
2: Yeah, I'm good. I mean, you know, you know, I'll rock with you. Mm.
0: All right. So I asked you if there was anything else you wanted to discuss and then we'll take questions from the panel. Uh, I'm going to give you the floor. And then we'll start with the questions. I have the first one up there already.
2: No, you know me. I'm, I'm all about, you know, everybody just being good to each other, go out and, and be good people and make good decisions and, and, you know, show the light and, you know, help, help people as much as you can, wherever you can. But I did want to update. Um, so Kyle Posey actually did this on June 6th. Says Kevin Givens assault charges has been dropped. So there's an article on SB Nation. If you go out there and look at that, you can find that article by Kyle Posey on the sixth. And if you want to read up on uh, Kevin gets Gitz- given situation, that'll give you the information you need so that I'm not double dipping here.
0: Yeah. The Altoona mirror also had that up there. I had an article on it as well. So yeah. Uh, and it's weird. It's not weird. I remember hearing D'Amico Ryan say that he thinks givens could be a breakout player. And I was sitting here, like I was thinking to myself, you don't even know if he's going to be on the roster. Like you don't, you don't know what's going to happen, but maybe Ryan's had that information before the story came out. And I just didn't know that. So I, I remember D'Amico Ryan saying that he thinks Kevin Givens could be a breakout player. Right. So I was like, what the hell does he know that I don't know? And I completely missed this news. So uh, the first question on the screen here is from Jaguyo 56. And he says, what's the update with Kevin Givens with on the Kevin Givens incident. And that's what it is. Um, the charges have all been dropped. They're just gone. So, guys, let's get some questions here, uh, and let's let's just answer them. We'll rock for another five minutes, okay?
2: We could just uh, do uh, 40 nights of Faithful.
0: Ooh, let's go. I like. Well, it won't be 40 because the 40 started already. But <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I like it, though. I like something, it, man. Something like that. Yeah. All right, we'll work on it. Jerry uh, is asking, uh, do we have a backup for McGlinchey? We were handcuffed to his play last year, which was poor as hell. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll let you go first.
2: Well, uh, I believed that technically um, McKivitz was supposed to be brought in to be McG- McGlinchy's backup moving forward. I think that they saw something last year with his abilities, and um, I don't know that the team necessarily think that that's the right move. I think that we have plenty of players on this team who can play right tackle, and so I think that you might see it, not a one-designated person uh, as the backup to McGlinchey, but um, I think a lot of people see McGlinchey as having a poor year just because they don't like his pass pro, which we all know. You know, he he seemed to get pushed around a little bit, but he's one of the best run uh, tackles that we've got, or the, in the league actually, as far as what he does. You know, and being that we're a run first team, you know that he he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. I think that the benefit will come that if he puts on a few pounds and can get those legs locked down, and he's not trying to whip around um the the pass pro will come it's just going to take him more time because that's not what he's predominantly good at and so i think that he gets kind of a bad rap we have given him a lot of crap over especially last year about his play and uh, on this panel i don't think that any one of us really ever stood up for him uh, as far as his pass pro goes i don't know <laughs> I'm going to say no, Mike. I'm going to call you on that. I'll say we talk good about his run game, but I don't think his pass pro we talk good things
0: about. Uh, No, you're absolutely right, Jerry. And um, I I will encourage people to do this, man. Just pick a random game and watch Mike McGlinchey. Fortunately for us, the, 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 the TV copy follows the ball. And so once the ball is out of the quarterback's hands, you don't really have to watch Mike McGlinchey much unless it's a run play and see what he's doing on the second level. McGlinchy is not as bad as people think he is, and I I stand on that. And I'm talking about the pass pro also. Um, now he, when I say he's not as bad as people think he is, he's bad. But when I the reason I say it's not as bad as people think he is, because when he when he does his set right and he does that kick step, and his feet are separated, and he's ready for impact, phenomenal. He's really really good. But there's often times where he does this staggered step back, and that's where his balance is messed up. What? So he, if you if you go back and you watch uh, Joe Staley, just even three years ago, two years ago, right? Joe Staley's feet, if if if, well, Joe Staley was on this side of the line, so I'm going to do it this way. So this is the outside foot for Joe Staley. This is the inside foot. It was always the inside foot was closer, and he did this this step like this. His feet never did this as he was backing up. It was always, it was always this that he like kicked back with the left foot. Mike yeah. has to learn to do that with his Dropping right.
2: Skipping or skipping backwards,
0: right? <laughs> yes, but it allowed him to stay balanced for impact. Yeah. When Mike does that, his pass pro is just fine. He yeah. can go head up, toe to toe with anybody in the NFL, anybody. I stand on that. The problem is that he doesn't do it a lot. And I think that he's still struggling with the transition from left tackle to right tackle. I really, really think that's what the issue is. Uh, We've seen cornerbacks knock him over because his feet were directly next to each other. Just poof. That's what he did. He just flopped over backwards. It's it's terrible. But I think that he can get that together. Brian talked about him having to put on some weight. He did that this offseason. And now – it's working on the footwork. His hand placement is okay. His speed is okay. His arm length is great. He just got to get the footwork down, and I think that we see a big difference this year. I'm talking Pro Bowl big difference. I really think that we see that this year.
2: And I think that's going to also be benefic- benefited by the fact that we have a stable Aaron Banks sitting right next to him filling up a huge asshole, asshole, <laughs> filling up a big space, you know, so that Mike won't have to worry about the interior nearly as much because, you know, we did, we, unfortunately with the injuries and things that we've had to go through over the last two seasons, we've had some flopping around with that position and we expected that Brunskill was going to be the guard. uh, But it sounds like the team has plans to move him into the center position and he's going to learn from Mac for the next year until he can, you know, take over that spot at some point in time. And I think that that's great for moving forward, but I think that putting Aaron Banks in there um, is going to alleviate some of that worry to the interior for Mike too, and allow him to focus solely on that defensive end that's coming around to get the Jimmy or Trey, who's in the in the spot there.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we'll answer this one here and then we'll go home. Um, starting Monday, I'm going to talk it over with the misses, but I should be, I think we can start the midnight, shows again. And I mean, I'm very, very excited about that. So that's going to be, I'm I'm serious, man. I enjoy doing them. Oh, that I, was it, fun. It was, it was, I was it actually was... the
2: one night I missed. I was super disappointed. I couldn't get back to the hotel in time to do it. I was like, damn it. <laughs> it,
0: it. It was fun. It was quick. It was easy. Um, And when I say easy, you know, we put a lot of work into coming up with stuff for the shows. We put a lot of work into it. And this is something that we're here that it was like a service to the people. Mm-hmm. They were coming for our opinions we talked about personal stuff it wasn't always football like whatever questions people had we answered them all and it was a lot of fun uh we, we got a lot of food questions and stuff like that date questions and all that it was a lot of fun and so i think that it was i think that uh i'm looking forward to doing it i know the first week or so of it it took us some adjusting because you guys have to remember that we did those shows in addition to our normally scheduled shows. <laughs> right. it wasn't one or the other we we would we would sign off on a tuesday at 1150 and jump right back on 10 minutes later and so that kind of thing it it took a little tweaking and a little getting used to but it was a lot of fun and i'm looking forward to it sundays are going to be a difference for me because now we have this tradition where we go to my mother's house every sunday so i try to get home before midnight because i have children who have school but school's over so, well, it's not over yet, but it will be next week. So next week, right? Yeah. So by the time Sunday rolls around, I don't. I'm not pressed to leave there. I might be doing them from my phone at my mother's house, which is fine too. Um, so we'll answer this question. We'll get out of here, but you guys make sure that you guys are ready to prepare uh, questions for us of any kinds, of any kinds, team related, not team related, whatever. DJ Malone's. It's asking the final question for us here. He said, "Should we use McGlinchey as a 300 plus pound, 300 plus pound?" blocking back in the playoffs to humiliate opposing teams. It would be similar to what Bill Walsh did in the 1984 NFC Championship game with Guy McIntyre. Now, Brian, I'm going to call on you to try to recall this because I was born in 1983. I have no idea what he's talking about here. <laughs> so well, you were in I 1984, was eight. you were what, 7?
2: 8? Yeah. Well, 7 for the Super Bowl. Yeah.
0: Alright, so what you got here, bro?
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't.
0: A blocking back in the. What, what does that mean? A 300 pound blocking back.
2: I'm assuming he's like acting as your fullback. Like we would. He basically replaced Juice. Kind of like, remember, okay, I know that you were alive for this because I was older, but uh, remember how all Allstott for the Tampa yeah, Bay? Yeah, just I tear, love tear a hole, you know? Yeah. Like that's that kind of stuff All-Star. would be great
0: was a refrigerator with legs right. that dude and then the pad that he wore behind his neck that neck pad yeah just for no reason why why i remember that i have no i don't know when he played i can't i can't tell you a year but i remember i remember mike allstar and plus his name was mike i had when i was growing up if your name was mike and you did something i thought you were the best michael jordan mike tyson <laughs> mike jackson like i thought you were the best at whatever it was you did so i remember mike allstar and he was one of my favorite players growing up so I don't know what year it was. Don't get me lying, but I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but he's asking, should we try to do that to humiliate uh, opposing
2: teams? We should try to do that to win games. I don't care about humiliating anybody, but uh, it, you know, I don't know that that's necessarily the right piece. We've seen him run down the field as a lead blocker, so I mean, it's not really much different than that, um, except for he'd be more engaged with you know, knocking defensive players on their butts, you know, and and running over guys who are. Buck seventy soaking wet, <laughs> so you know, it could be fun to watch. But I don't think that they would employ it very often if they did use it, use it.
0: Yeah, he said uh blocking fullback. Yeah, so you know, uh, I don't think that happens only because it takes something to get in there and step in his right tackle. So if we're moving him from one position to the other, that means that we're mixing up the chemistry of the line and so on and so forth. Not saying that it would be bad, but we're paying Juice a significant amount of money for a reason. So. I don't think that will happen. Uh, It's not. I'm not saying that it's a bad idea. Please understand what I'm saying. Um, Yeah, I remember Refrigerator Perry. I remember that. Um, But it's not to say it's a bad idea. I'm just saying I don't think it happens. I don't think the Niners will go out there and do something like that. Kyle seems to be really a, this is what we're doing, stop it, type of guy. Mm. And so I don't know how much of a scheme or new wrinkles he's going to put in, especially with the offensive linemen. So – uh, some wrinkles as far as play design and stuff like that, for sure. But offensive lineman, I think he's going to leave it the way it is.
2: Yeah, so, while well, I know he's done it a couple of times, I I really attribute a lot of Shanahan's scheme or thought process. He's very consistent with what he does as far as like jet sweeps, or we're going to do the his trick plays. Don't I don't see him doing a whole lot of just straight up trick plays or trying to take, you know, things like that. It just doesn't seem like. I think he understands that their trick plays for a reason. They don't always work and you may not, you may end up with a really bad play if this is not, you know, going to go. Those are things that you do with a last dish effort to win or, you know, you're 50 points ahead of the other team or something like that.
0: Yeah. I like it. I like it, man. That's going to do it for us tonight, man. We appreciate you all for jumping in. Brian, I know you kind of gave your final thoughts. Do you want to reiterate anything or do you want me to just go and
2: just be good people?
0: That's it. That's it. I like it, man. You know, um, This morning, my mom texts the wrong group. So, uh, go ahead
2: ahead and finish. I'll I'll throw in one last thing after you're done. Cause I got a couple of questions to me.
0: Oh, okay. Um, So this morning, so we have a a group thread. It's my mom and all of her children, my wife, my brother's wife, my other brother. And it's like, it's just the dissension thing. And every morning uh, my mom types this uh, encouraging message about the day, right? Well, we started another group thread uh, because my daughter's first ballet recital is on Sunday and we were telling people like, you know It was everybody who bought tickets. Uh, They're still doing COVID screening and it's like a, a form you have to fill out So we started that thread so everybody got the information that da da Well, my mom accidentally posted her morning encouragement text in that group and Then she apologized to everybody and I said Never apologize for positivity Absolutely You didn't mean to post it here but the message still stands. And so to piggyback on what Brian is saying, be positive and be good to people because you never know who needs to hear it. You never, ever know. So that's my uh, final thought for the night. I'm going to give the floor back to Brian and then we'll
2: go home. So three things. Uh, First, um, we do have some uh, loyal followers and listeners who are on here that are up against some difficult things out there. So just keep everybody in your, I'm not going to put anybody's business out there, but, Um, Just keep your keep people in your thoughts and and prayers and whatever you do to make you or them feel better about things. Then do that, please. Um, Secondly, uh, happy birthday, Joe Montana. I don't know how we missed that.
0: (laughs) I swear I meant to start the show. with. I know. So I I was going to say I did.
2: Oh, And, and lastly, I get a lot of questions about why. The why the Mahalo, you know, why? Why all the Hawaiian stuff? And I will tell everybody right now. Um, I've been all over the world, got a chance to see a lot of places, and my heart truly belongs in Hawaii. Uh, I'm not Hawaiian by any stretch of the means. I wish I was. I wish I could just go there and be there. Um, but that's why that's why I do it. Much love to the islands and all those people out there. Uh, beautiful culture, and 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 that's why I do that. And uh, just to answer that question as to why you know why I do that at the end of the shows
0: absolutely man i love it i love it good three points man very very good again happy birthday to joe montana the positivity and all that and that's gonna do it i'm not gonna touch on anything else that was beautiful so let's go home man. prepare for glory
2: anticipate pain
0: but always
2: remain faithful
0: we're out of here guys peace mahalo